Welcome to the Katie Carlson Show, a podcast for real, raw, authentic conversations with today's magic makers, love creators, and game changers. I'm Katie Carlson, and I'm so excited to introduce you to real people, real talk, and real stories while embracing the beautiful chaos of life. I'm so excited for you guys to hear today's episode. Today, I interviewed Nicholas Spohn. Nicholas has devoted his life to all things personal development through studying health, spirituality, psychology, hypnosis, NLP, Reiki, and various other modalities. He has created a comprehensive system to understand what drives human behavior. His mission is to share these ideas with the world. Take special note of our conversation around the four elements of body language, as well as the three areas of hypnotic influence. Today's episode is one for the books. Nicholas, I'm so excited to have you here today. I've been waiting for this interview. I've, I've just had so much excitement and buildup to, you know, to this day to be able to interview you. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Nicholas and I actually met, what was it? Uh, back at UPW Miami. And for those of you that are unfamiliar um, with the acronym UPW, it's Unleash the Power Within. It's a Tony Robbins event. Um, and if you've been listening to a lot of these shows, you've, you've heard us talk quite a bit about different Tony Robbins events. So um, that's where I met Nicholas for the first time. And, um, you know, it was interesting. Like, he had this incredible energetic presence about him. Um, but I, it wasn't until probably, a, like, a few months ago that we really, like, connected. Um, but... And just getting to know him over the last several months, like it's been really powerful just learning about all these different amazing um, things that he's been learning and studying and how he's serving and contributing to others in the world. So I'm just grateful to have you here. Thank you. I'm, I'm very grateful to have people like you in my life. And it's been amazing getting to know you too. Um, you know, we met in Miami and then we've gotten, you know, to be better friends and getting to know each other over time. And, and you as well, like the stuff you're putting out, the content, and I particularly love the masculine and feminine ideas you have. So I'm going to have to get you on my podcast too. Um, but yeah, I'm glad to be here. Oh, well, um, I can't wait. That would be great. I would love to. I could talk about masculine and feminine energies all day. I know you can. <laughs> I know you can. <laughs> uh, okay, so talk to me about, so you are an NLP practitioner, hypnosis, pranic healing, Reiki. What else do you do? Is there anything you don't do? I, well, as you know, I just finished taking a graphology course, which is handwriting analysis, uh, which is some mind-blowing stuff. Um, you know, I've been really studied with like the best hypnotherapists, the best NLP practitioners in the world, uh, you know, and when you hang out with people like that, pretty soon you start picking up their traits and their skills and their language patterns. And so it's been, it's been a journey for me the last few years. Um, and I've, I've had a blast. I've learned so many things. And, and I talk a lot about, you know, as humans, intelligence is just pattern recognition, right? And so what I've done is I've just recognized patterns from each of these great teachers and then kind of turned it into my own little my own little thing, my own little ideas. And so I'm guessing that's what we'll talk about today. But yeah, it's been, it's been a great journey. Yes. And before we start talking about that, how did you get here? How did you end up in this personal development space? Cause you were, well, a, I, cause you started out, weren't you, you were a fighter. You've been in finance. Like yeah. talk to me a little bit about your, your history. So I, I wrestled and I wrestled in college and then I, you know, took classes and got my degree in economics and I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I took a couple jobs I didn't like. I went back to school, got a master's degree in economics. Um, and then I read, you know, Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, some real estate books, started buying real estate with just the dream of, you know, being financially free, independent, 
not having to answer anyone. I hated a job. I'm a terrible employee. I um, can't imagine. I just, I, I like yeah, working for myself. I can't imagine. Yeah. And, and so after a while I realized it wasn't the like technical aspects that was stopping my growth. It was my mm -hmm. personal development. Right. And so I got into it to try to grow my business and I knew I had to grow my own mindset in order to do that. And so it started off with reading books, uh, I think a real estate seminar, then a Tony Robbins seminar. And that snowballed into, I think I've done nine or 10 Tony events. I've trained, I think last year alone, I did four or five weeks of hypnosis training and NLP trainings. Um, I've done, yeah. So I've done pretty much at the pace of like two events a month for the last three years uh, with, you know, dozens of online courses and books on top of that. And I, I just, I get obsessed with it. Like it's my purpose in life. So I'm, I'm, uh, I love it. Well, you definitely have an incredible presence about you. And that's, that's one of the things that I've always been drawn to is just this presence. And I'm curious, like, I mean, that probably wasn't always there, right? So through all this like growth and evolution, like you've been, you've like built up this, this presence and this stature that is really, really powerful. And you talk a lot about body language. So talk, talk to us a little bit about the importance of body language. Yeah. So I studied all this stuff and I'm like, all right, I got to start teaching it. And I didn't know what to teach first. And like body language kept coming up and I'm like, that's really like a small part of what I do. Um, but I was like, all right, I'll teach, I'll put together my body language course. And as I put it together, it's one of those things where like, you don't have all the pieces. And then once you start teaching it, like everything clicks in. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is incredible. Like body language is the answer. Right. And I believe that 50% of our success in life comes down to our body language. So, so here's what I mean That's by that. That's a bold statement. It's, it's crazy to think about because we don't, we never learn body language, but 50%. So, uh, you know, Tony's, um, you know, triad that our physiology first, right? Our physiology is so important for our state. And so your results in life, your capabilities in NLP, we call we say that those are related to your state. So your capabilities are proportional to the state that you're in. Well, I think that half of our state is related to body language. So if you're, you know, if you're depressed or you're sitting at a computer with your shoulders rolled in all day, your head's down, your state is going to drop. Your energy is going to drop. You will have less access to the internal resources. All right. So we'll talk about the four parts of body language in a minute. But, um, so in a lower body language, your state drops, your capabilities drop. All right. So half of, half of it is your state. And then the other half is communication. So we know that 55% of communication is our nonverbals, right? It's our, it's our body language. If I said yes, and I was shaking my head, no, which I do all the time because it's funny. Uh, but if I said, yeah, I'd love to do that. And my head was shaking. No, you would believe the head shaking because body language is more important than our words. So half of communication, which means that half of rapport building and getting people to like you is mm. body language as well. So half of your capabilities and half of communication with others is all body language. So that's why I think half our results in life come down to how we use our body. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So you talked about these four parts. What are these yeah, four I, parts? I, I opened a little loop for you there. <laughs> um, so the, the four parts of body language are- You love open loops. I love them. We'll talk about those later. Okay. <laughs> another, another Another. One. Yes, exactly. Um, you're getting good at spotting them. So uh, the four parts of body language are, first of all, it's our breath. And it's often not associated with body language. Um, but the breath is the basis for all, you know, all spiritual traditions going back to the dawn of man, the prana, the chi that we, that we breathe in, right? The breath of life. Um, and so even the word hue and human comes down to like the breath of life. That's what the root of the word means. And so how we breathe determines our state. 
So when we breathe deeply and abundantly, we have an abundant mindset. When we breathe shallow, we're in a fear-based state. So scarce breath, scarce mindset. And think about it like this. So anytime, uh, like when you walk up on a rabbit, before it goes fight or flight, what does it do? Well, it's kind of, it freezes. It freezes. And so yeah. if you remember, if you remember playing tag or, or not tag, but hide and seek as a kid, when somebody's walking by your hiding spot, what do you do? You freeze and you, you hold, hold your, your breath. breath and you hold your breath. So that yeah. rabbit doesn't want to be seen by a predator. It doesn't want that movement to be seen. So it holds its breath. You know, it breathes as little as possible. So before we go into fight or flight, we hold our breath. So we're telling our entire nervous system and endocrine system to get ready and to be stressed out. So when we're not breathing deeply, we're telling our system like we're in, we're about to go into fight or flight, right? And some of us actually live in that fight or flight state. We have shallow breath. It shows up in our emotions. And for, for a lot of people, just breathing deeper will totally change their state. So that's the first one. Do you, I mean, we're going to be spending. Yeah. So how do you, okay, so, yeah. so when you talk about like the breath, like how are we supposed to breathe? So there's a lot of studies that show that breathing in through the nose uh, and breathing deep into the belly is the best way to get oxygen through. So when you breathe really shallow into the lungs, you know, if you see people with their chest going out, that oxygen's not going into the base of their lungs. Uh, yeah. And so, and I teach this too, is for different states, we use different breath. So when I was coaching wrestling before one of the matches, I, I had these uh, athletes do uh, um, a guided visualization with like a really relaxing breath. And afterwards they were all like, they looked like they just smoked weed. They were all like, Oh, I feel amazing. And they were so relaxed, but we went out and competed terribly. And I was like, man, what did I do? We visualized it. And I realized I used the wrong breath. So the warrior breath, someone that's getting ready to go into battle breathes with the nostrils flared, they have an intense breath in body language. The chin is down to protect the neck, right? And their body language is big. So if I want someone to be ready to go into battle, it's going to be a different breath than when they're meditating. So it would be, right? And that breath fills you with oxygen in a way that's ready to compete and ready to explode. Interesting. Very cool. I didn't know that. Um, okay. So keep going. What's the next, what's number two? I, so can't, num I can't leave all of these. <laughs> yeah. These so number, open. number two is pretty easy. It's our posture. And there's really two ways to think about posture. Size is dominance or aggression. Uh, bit, the bigger you are, the more dominant, the more confident and the smaller you are, the more submissive. Okay. So that's just kind of the, the easy way to think about it. So if you see someone and there's little variations on that, but someone that has their shoulders back, their chest is up, their head is up. Like, and they're taking up space. Like if you're a speaker and they extend their arms, right? This is someone that's confident. If their shoulders roll forward, their head goes down, right? Again, protecting that neck. It's a sign of submission. It's a sign of, you know, a lot of times anxiety, worry, depression. We, we look for other clues as well. But from this state, you're not, gonna, you're not gonna access your capabilities. But standing tall like this throughout the day, over and over again, you're gonna train yourself, your endocrine system, says to your body like, Hey, let's feel confident. This is a confident posture and boom, pretty soon you can access all your internal resources just from that one shift. Hmm, interesting. And so I've, and for those of the folks that are listening, um, I've talked to Nicholas about this like, quite a few times, but is that also when you start referring to parts, right? You talk a lot about the parts of us. Yeah. So let's get to that uh, in a minute. Cause that's like a whole other, that's okay, a whole we'll other thing. We'll do that thing, after right? this. Okay. So, so Katie, here's something that I realized once I started teaching body language uh, and not before, like it wasn't, I didn't have this idea until I started putting my course together. 
uh, is that the masculine and the feminine shows up in that posture. Well, it shows up in all body language, but in the posture. So if you see, if you see a woman walk by a group of men and the men are attracted to her, what do they do? They look. They go, yeah, but they go, they'll puff their chest out. They'll go bigger in size, right? They're, they're trying to show dominance to that woman walking by. <laughs> yeah. When a woman is interested in a man, she does the opposite. She'll show her neck, which is a sign of submission and vulnerability. Often her shoulders will roll, right? Like she's making herself smaller. Her palms will, this, this is body language. Her palms will show, will show uh, and she'll smile. These are all signs of, I have so you know, many questions right now. Yeah, so we use the word we use the word submission. It's not submission, submission, but it's it's letting the the masculine be the dominant leader. Uh, and so the, so the body language, right? Like showing the neck, smiling, making themselves themselves small. Um, that's that also shows up in posture that masculine and feminine energy. Very interesting. Very have we not talked about that before? Yeah, it's no, no, we haven't, and that's okay. Um, okay. So posture. Okay. Number three, what's number three? Number three is our facial expression. So we, you know, there's been all kinds of studies that show that just smiling for 20 minutes, three times a day will totally eliminate symptoms of depression. Hmm. Uh, I smile so, all the time. So. Yeah. You're, you're, you're good. No worries there. Uh, so the, the more you, you know, at first it's going to be forcing yourself to smile if you're not a happy person, but when you smile, you send a, a signal to your nervous system, which says, we're happy. The nervous system sends a signal to the endocrine system and the endocrine system starts releasing endorphins, oxytocin, dopamine, all, all of the, the feel good chemicals that released when you're happy. And pretty soon just by smiling, you become happy. Uh, I do this little thing. Uh, I teach the sly smile, right? I, uh, one of my parts, which we'll talk about in a minute is I have this charismatic part that I've trained and, um, which do, you have your pepper, with, do you have your peppermint with, oil? Which I've anchored with my peppermint oil. I love it. Oh, yeah. So let me hit that. And then I get, I get a little boost of charisma. Uh, training the nervous system, right? So the, the sly smile is like kind of a little cocky, like a little half smile, right? On one side, like a little sly smile. And just going from, you know, a genuine both sides to like that half smile will make you feel more like almost a little cocky, a little bit playful, a little flirtatious, right? It's a totally different energy just by one little tweak in which corner of our mouth goes up and down. Does it matter which, like... No, whichever, whichever's natural to you. I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> so it's, it takes practice. You got you to gotta find that, that part of you. I don't know if, I, I don't little, know if that part exists, Nicholas. That little sly, cocky part. Uh, it's, and again, it's not, a, it's not appropriate. It's not appropriate at all times, but there are times when it's fun to be like in that state, right? So, so then if we pair that with our posture, um, and the, so think about just the head movement. So if I do a sly smile with my head up, it's like arrogant, right? Like I'm arrogant. I'm looking down my nose at you. Uh, and then if I do it level, it's just kind of fun and playful. And if I do it downward with my head it's tilted like down, yeah, it's like a devious, right? Just pairing that sly smile with three different head motions changes your energy. It changes your state. And so when you, when you know that about yourself, you're very, I'm, I'm very careful with what my face, what my body's doing. And then watching other people, I can just pick up on those little cues and I know what emotional state they're tuned into, what vibration they are just by watching their body language. Wow. That's powerful. Yeah. 
And so, so I'm curious, what were like, what are some of the things when you started learning about all of this? Like, what were some of the big ahas that you found about yourself or that you learned about yourself during this process? Uh, just, I mean, just the way that society's set up right now, it's, it's anti us living in our best states, right? Like think about, so they say that cell phone usage is responsible for depression and anxiety. Well, if the only thing that we did, like the only difference between us and our grandparents was this body language with our head down, right? And our shoulders rolled forward. If that, you know, if you can see my phone, if our grandparents were like this for four more hours a day and we were like this for four more hours a day, that alone could, could lead to the depression anxiety. It, even if you take away like the results wow. of the, the blue screen, the lights, the, the social, you know, missing out the FOMO, judging ourselves, take that away, just put in the body language of using a cell phone, that alone could lead to that depression and anxiety. Wow. I haven't thought about that. Actually, Brian Bradley talks a lot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. With his, with his Zygoski method. So and that's interesting. So we have one more, one more body language um, factor. You ready for that? I'm ready. Bring All right. It. Great. So the next one, and again, it's not always associated with body language, um, but it's movement. How we move our body uh, determines our state. So if you think about people that are very decisive leaders, they move their hands abruptly and powerfully, right? Like they might, for those of you who can't see this, I'm moving my hands, I'm shaking my fist in a, like a powerful, quick way, right? They move quickly and confidently. If you, but if you're not confident and you start moving like that, pretty soon your, your brain kicks in and goes, oh, we're in a confident state. Let's feel confident. And likewise, if you think about like a, um, someone like that's a hippie, when, we think, when I think of hippies, I think of like flowing, flowery, dancing, and their body language, their, their movements will show that. They will, they will move in a more fluid way because they're accessing different energies just by that movement, right? And so, you know, different, for those of you who like to dance, different types of dances will tune you in to different emotional and energetic states. Yeah, that's powerful. So if you want to be confident, happy, outgoing, stand tall, put a big smile on your face, breathe deeply and move quickly, move confidently, move passionately. I talk a lot about Italians, right? They're famous for talking with their hands, right? And being a passionate people. Well, those two things are linked together. So if you start talking with your hands more, you're just going to feel more passionate, more enthusiastic. Oh, this makes me feel so much better. I was trying Good. hard not to like use my hands. No, no, use I'm them. Gonna, I'm just going to roll with it. Because that motion creates energy. Our nervous system yeah, says, hey, motion we're, creates emotion, right? We're passionate about this. Let's, let's kick on full I steam love it. And, and you get more energy to draw from. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. That, that's awesome. Well, thank you for that. So let's go into like hypnosis really quickly. All right. Absolutely. So for those of you that are not familiar with hypnosis, Nicholas, can you just, can you um, give us a brief definition of what hypnosis actually, what, what it is if, for people that are not unaware? I, I can't because uh, every hypnotist has a different definition of what hypnosis is. Well, you're a hypnotist. Uh, give us your I, definition. I am. So I, I'll give you my definition of hypnotic influence uh, in okay. just a moment. But hypnosis is often associated uh, with a trance-like state. So if you think about a change in brainwave state makes us more suggestible. Um, and then using language and focus and rapport to uh, change the subconscious program. So hypnosis is really using suggestions, using suggestion in a trance-like state or in some kind of like trance. a meditative state. Yeah. So here's the the problem with that is that we're always in some kind of trance. 
sometimes people can give a, suge a hypnotic suggestion when someone appears to be in no special kind of trance and it'll stick. Sometimes it doesn't. It, there's just a lot of gray area. So think about it in general like this. Someone's in a trance-like state. A suggestion is given that changes the subconscious program or, or the subconscious experience uh, of the world at that time. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, so then we use hypnosis uh, to access the subconscious program that is running people's lives. So at a subconscious level, this is where we, we operate from, right? And you know this as well, like 95% of our actions, how we brush our teeth, me, the words that I'm saying right now, I can't, I don't have the conscious brain power to think about. So subconsciously my, you know, my brain is moving my tongue and picking the words and finishing these sentences. So everything that we do almost is linked to our subconscious. And so uh, when you can access that, you change the way that the subconscious perceives the world. You change the way that it operates. You change basically the rules, like the operating rules of your supercomputer. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. So how do you, so how do you speak to your subconscious? Well, you've seen me do it. I just talk right to the subconscious. Yeah, I just say, you do. let me, let me talk to your subconscious. Um, so, so here's, I'll give the, here's the time for the three steps of hypnotic influence. Cause this is how I believe, okay. uh, we start to access the subconscious. So step one, uh, and this is what most hypnosis training misses. Uh, and people that have, that try to put together like uh, data for hypnosis to prove if it works or not, they miss this step and it's rapport. So rapport is that likability and trust between two people. So if you don't have that, you're never going to let me access your subconscious programs, right? And so, you know, think about it. When we were in tribes, we liked people like ourselves, people that looked like us, that had the same religion, that wore the same clothes, they were safe, right? Yeah. And I say it all the time, people like people like themselves. It's a, it's a subconscious safety mechanism. Now, we would, um, people that were different than us were dangerous, and so we would stop building rapport with them. We wouldn't want to build rapport because if we got into rapport, they would likely, you know, screw us over. They were hunting the same grounds as us. They were chasing the same game, maybe the same women. They, you know, we went to war with them. So we would do the number one killer of rapport, which is judge. We would judge people that were different than us. So if you look at all the problems in the world with, with race and wars, like it all comes down to this judgment of people that are different than us because our lizard brain, our million year old lizard brain is judging people and we don't know any better. So, so rapport is overcoming the differences, focusing on what you have in common so that the person in front of you feels like you are like them. And again, half of that is at least half of that is body language. So, mm. uh, you know, I can go on for hours about the, the language patterns and values and all the other things, but if all you do is get the body language down, so so your body language looks like them, you'll start yeah, to, like matching and mirroring. Yeah, right? you'll tune into their frequency, and they'll be like, when you meet people, it just clicks. They're like, oh, I don't know what it is. I just like that guy. And so once you yeah. and and that's when you talked about my energy, I I just naturally do that. Now I've trained myself to go meet people, become like them, um, tune in my frequency into theirs, and they just go, I don't know what it is. I just like that guy. And there's there's nothing. <laughs> And that's exactly what was running through my head. Not to be like cocky. There's nothing special about me except for the fact that's that I just, true. well, thank you. Except that I just tune into people's energy and I'm, and I'm present with them. Right. And, and once you learn that. Yeah. You have incredible presence. I will. Yeah. You have, you have a presence that is incredibly powerful and it's just like, 
this certainty that it's very magnetic. Well, thank you. And it's taken a lot of practice and conditioning and, and hypnosis and overcoming old patterns. Um, and it's a work in progress, right? It's, it's not perfect, but mm-hmm. all right. So we got the first step of hypnotic rapport or of, hip, of hypnotic influence and that's rapport, right? Yeah. So and, actually before you go on to the next one, yeah. this is actually really funny. I don't think I've actually told you this. So this was a long time ago, but I learned this like, so I had been in sales for many, many years. Um, but every, anytime I would be at a sales meeting or like doing a presentation or if I was like across from someone, I would always like shift myself to the left or I would shift myself to the right. So like our hearts would be more in line uh-huh. and we would gain rapport that way because so it would be more emotional as opposed to like analytical or uh-huh. logical, if you will. And it, always, it worked like a charm. So even, even if that didn't work, your intention for that would make it work. Does that make sense? So like, even if, even if the body language had nothing to do with it, you having that intention and putting that energy would also help. But I, but yeah, body language does work like that. I literally, I would literally like, if I would at a restaurant, like I would literally like sit across from and I would just go and I would just, so so think about, and, and it totally works in body language. So think about this when we're uh, going to, to combat somebody, we're moving head on towards them, right? We're striking mm-hmm. them often at their angle. So in wrestling, you know, I used to wrestle and do MMA. I would want to, I would move forward, straight forward, but I would want to attack them at an angle. So when we approach people from their angle, they tend to get like really subconsciously defensive, right? And they get on yeah. on guard. So when you approach people, if uh, especially men approaching women, it's great to turn to the side and approach this way, right? Over the shoulder. Like, hey, nice to meet you. For those who aren't watching, uh, who are just listening, I'm, I have my shoulder turned off to the side. This is way less offensive than if I came at you like this, right? And so when yeah. we're in a meeting with people that we want to cooperate with, it's, it's amazing just to turn your chair to the side a little bit so you're not as confrontational. I remember um, when I wanted to interview Master Co, everyone was in line to go up and talk to him, right? And they were talking head on to him. And so I waited till the whole line was done. And as he was walking out, I just walked right along next to him, right? And symbolically in the subconscious, I'm telling him like, hey, we're moving in the same direction. We're equals like that, right? I'm not just walking up to you. uh, And, you know, I got the interview. I don't know if that's what did it, but he's a pretty generous guy. But, you know, I I think about that stuff all the time. You have an incredible ability to build rapport. Thank you. Especially after our first meeting, which again, not going to go there. Um, <laughs> a story for another time. Yeah. Um, okay. So we talked about rapport. Um, and so then the next. The next step of hypnotic influence, which you kind of alluded to is certainty, right? And so certainty is just that, like that confidence, that, that knowing that you're going to figure it out. And why this is important evolutionarily is because we were more, more likely to succeed by following the person who had the most certainty, the most confidence. So if you and I were hunting and, you know, I said, or you said, I think the herd went that way. And I said, no, Katie, I'm absolutely certain that the herd went this way. Well, our best chance of survival was going to be to follow me, who was more certain about which direction the herd was moving. Right. And so as we evolved through time, like whoever was the most certain, the most confident, um, they became the leaders. And it obviously got us to this point in evolution where we're, we're continuing to evolve and grow and we've survived. And uh, so it's a subconscious program that when you're in rapport with someone, 
whoever has the most certainty is the influencer. And it's, it's no different mm -hmm. in hypnosis because if the person doubts that the hypnosis is going to work uh, and the hypnotist isn't confident, the, the hypnotist isn't going to have the influence. But if they're absolutely certain, it's like, yeah, it's no big deal. I do this all the time. This is easy. Then the subject is going to feel much more likely uh, to feel confident, to be ready to go and to go deeper into a hypnotic state and experience hypnotic phenomenon. Interesting. So are you saying then that hypnosis is really just influence? Hypnosis is really just influence. Yes. Interesting. Okay. So, and you can influence without the traditional like hypnotic trances like we think about um, just yeah. by following these three steps. So if you go in and get into rapport and you have more certainty, then you just take step three and you change somebody's focus. You can lead them into a new state of being. Uh, and what you're doing is it's like, um, I you know I was talking about this, like a radio, like an antenna. And so you're going to meet someone on the same frequency that they are, because if you're not on the same frequency, they're not going to hear you, right? You're going to be in two different frequencies, two different wavelengths. You're not going to connect. So you got to meet someone where they are. And then once you have more certainty than them, then when you start to shift into a different frequency, a different vibration, a different state, whatever you want to call it, they will follow you because you've become the leader. You become the influencer. And so all, all actions, decisions, behaviors, emotions stem from the state that you're in. If you can lead somebody's state, if you can, the number one way to do that is by shifting someone's focus. So if you can shift someone's focus, lead them into a new state, pretty soon their whole life looks different. The actions they take, the emotions they feel, um, they can even think back to a memory in the past and it'll, it won't trigger them the same way just by being in a different state. They'll perceive in, in NLP, we call it perceptual filters. Their perceptual filters will be different because they resonate with everything differently. Interesting. That was a lot to take in there that I'll, yeah. that I'll hit home. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's, so it's rapport, it's certainty and then focus. Once you're in rapport and you have certainty, shift the focus, you will change someone's state. Um, and that's where you can start to do the hypnotic work where you reframe experiences, give them new meanings, give them new programs, new suggestions to take forward in their life. I love that. Rapport, certainty, and focus. Interesting. So do you have a course on this? I do. Yeah. I have a, a, a body language course. It's called hacking body language. Uh, I have mm. two different courses on influential language patterns. It's called uh, Influential Language Hacks, Volume 1 and 2. And so basically, I just use simple language patterns to move people through the three stages of hypnotic influence. So I'll, I'll give a free one right now. It's the feel-felt-found pattern. And you know this one, right? I use this one all the time. So it's when you have an objection, you know, in selling, this is great. Um, you want to say, I understand how you feel. By doing that, we're building rapport. Uh, in mm -hmm. fact, I felt the same way when I started out. And so that's saying like, listen, I'm just like you. I felt that. I felt the same feelings that you're feeling. I understand how you feel. In fact, I felt the same way. And what I found was when I took this action, I got a different result. When I bought this course, I mastered this area of my life, whatever it is. So yeah. take them through feel, felt, found and have certainty. Remember certainty, your body language, uh, certainty shows up in your body language. Just so say it with certainty, stand tall, be confident, move confidently. Uh, and then take them through feel, felt, found, take them through the three stages of influence. And then at the end, when you're telling them what you found, basically you're shifting their focus onto a different outcome. Uh, and then you're moving them to a new state and they're going to take a different action. So there's, there's one language pattern. And then I have a course called hacking NLP. So that's, that's what I have so far. Oh, okay. Awesome. Well, we'll have to get those links so people can a absolutely can sign up for that. Okay. So I want to go back to the parts. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to, mm. you know, 
leave you hanging. We're not going to leave you guys hanging on this. So the parts, you talk a lot about parts, part, different parts of us. Yeah. Talk so to me, talk to us a little bit about that. So I'd read some NLP books and, you know, talk about parts therapy, how we have different parts um, that we access. And I was like, okay, whatever. And then I went to uh, what's called wizard school. I was trained with Mike Mandel, who's one of the, the world's top hypnotherapists. Um, amazing guy. So it was, it was a two day training and he teaches you how to access the parts of people, how we all have different parts of us. And uh, so if you think about it like this, like a smoker will say, oh, part of me wants to quit smoking. Uh, and part of me wants to, wants to keep smoking. Part of me likes smoking, right? And uh, so I was, I was at, a, at a bar with a friend last winter, actually right before Date with Destiny. And our, our waitress came up and she's like, oh, what do you guys do? And I was like, well, you know, I'm a hypnotist. And she goes, oh, no way. Can you... She goes, can you make me quit smoking? And I was like, no, I, I can't make you do anything. If you want to quit, I can help you. And she goes, she goes like this. And I, for those of you who aren't watching, I'll explain it. She goes, part of me wants to stop smoking. And she literally took her hand and pointed off to the side, pointing to a part of her that was totally disassociated with herself, right? This is how important it is to understand body language. So she points, goes, part of me wants to stop smoking. So we have these parts that have different goals and different objectives. And so here's, I never learned this, but here's what I believe creates these parts. So our brains, our subconscious is so brilliant that I don't think it can hold two opposing ideas at the same time. So for, for your subconscious, which is so smart to think I want to smoke and I don't want to smoke at the same time, it just makes no sense because it's like such a brilliant supercomputer. So what it does is it partitions those off into different parts of us. Does that make sense? Okay. So part of yeah. me, part of me is like a risk taker, outgoing, loves doing things. And part of me wants to stay home and watch Netflix and sleep in. Right. And part of me wants to go to the beach and part of me wants to build a business. And so how can we hold these different parts of us? Um, the only way to do it is, or the only way we can hold these, those different ideas is to segment it into different parts. Now, those parts based on my antenna theory are really just different frequencies or vibrations or states. And so when I go into my charismatic state, there's an energy, there's a feeling in my body, there's a body language associated with it, right? I'm, I'm big, I have the slightest smile, I have music, uh, and then the ideas, thoughts, and actions that stem from my charismatic state, even the values that I have are different than when I'm in my warrior state right? Like it's a whole different feeling. It's a different frequency. I'm tuned into different thought patterns. And then when I want to go into my warrior state, again, that chin goes down to protect the neck, the nostrils flare. I look up through my eyes. I get a scowl on my face. My body language goes big. I get a little more tension. And then pretty soon I'm tapped into this energy of like being unstoppable, right? Being so present with what's going on, uh, not being afraid of anything. It's a totally different feeling. My actions, thoughts, and emotions from that vibration are consistent with with that state. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I'm curious then. So for people that don't know about their different parts, like how do you, how would you tell someone to start learning about them or like to access them? Yeah. So the first step in personal development is always awareness, right? We become aware of like different states that we're in. And so we have, there's triggers in our world around us that you, if you don't, if you're not conscious of it, they tend to put you in those states. So I know when I go see my parents, they tend to trigger me to be, to be in a certain state. And now I'm aware of that. I'm like, oh, is this a state I really want to be in? Uh, and it's probably not. So I, I, I've done work and I've changed that. Um, and so the first step is just being aware. Like when you're with your partner, you want to be a certain way. When you're at the office, you're going to want to be a different way, 
right? You're going to want to be in a different energy. You want to carry yourself differently. Uh, and so starting to be, to be conscious, um, to be intentional about what energy you have in those different places is going to serve you incredibly well. Because again, all of your capabilities are linked to that state. So uh, I, I had a talk, uh, and you're into masculine feminine, so this will be a good story for you. So I have a friend that's, um, she's a principal and he, I used to train with uh, for fighting. And so she was like, she would go to work. She was like in a tough school. She became very masculine at work, right? She's very driven, very confident, very certain, got everything together. And then she would go home and she would be the same way with her husband. So I ran into her and a couple of friends at a bar one night. We started talking about hypnosis. And of course, you know, they all want to talk about sex with hypnosis and <laughs> it's just natural. I don't, I don't know. So we started talking about it and uh, she was like, oh, I just, you know, I don't have that much of a sex drive. And I was like, or. She doesn't have polarity. Yeah. Or you go to work in your masculine state. You come home in your masculine state. Anytime your husband wants to make decisions, you're like, no, I got this. And so she's bringing that masculine energy into a relationship. Um, and so I taught her about this and I taught her like, you know, you got to make him feel like a man. You got to let him make the decisions. You got to support him. If you're, if you're going to be that principal at home, you're, you're not going to have any attraction. And, uh, she must've taken my advice to heart because the next morning my buddy texted me and goes, I don't know what you told my wife, but she came home last night and yeah, he, <laughs> it, it was a good night for him. Um, just because she was intentional and stepped into a different energy. Yeah. That's powerful. Um, and that's not easy. I mean, you know, I, speaking from someone that's been there, like I used to love I mean, I was always very, very masculine, especially in my relationships. And I emasculated men like crazy and I didn't realize it. Um, but it was what I realized. It was just like a masculine mask over my core feminine. And it was just like my own need for security and to control certain things. Cause I didn't feel safe. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say it's, it's, it's too bad that we never learn this, right? Like what's more important yeah. than our, than our emotions, right? And being able to influence people and reading their emotions. Um, and you could go to, you go get a PhD in psychology and you wouldn't learn this. Right. Yeah. Uh, so my whole purpose in life, like one of, one of the things that I'm so passionate about is emotional freedom and that's deciding what state you want to be in. And it's, it really comes down to conditioning ourselves. We've been conditioned from a young age to be doubtful, to be fearful, to think we're not good enough. Well, those are all illusions, right? They're all yeah. bullshit. They're all feelings in our body. The feelings are real, but what triggers them is just a condition from our parents or from society that, that doesn't need to exist. And so my, like my whole purpose in life is to teach people to condition more powerful states into them, states of love and gratitude, presence, confidence. So how do you do that? Through anchoring, through, yep. how do you do that? So the, so the two ways to program the subconscious, we didn't really talk about this uh, yet. Oop, did I freeze? Did you I freeze? did, but you're, you're back. You're All back. right. So um, the two ways to program the subconscious are through extreme emotions and repetition. So, you know, think about tying your shoe. There's really no emotions there, but you do it so often that you probably tied your shoes this morning and you don't even remember it because it's just automatic. Uh, yeah. and then, and then the other thing is emotions, the more extreme, the emotions, the stronger, the neural connections. So if you touch a hot stove, when you're a little kid, like even if it doesn't burn that bad, it scares you. Right. And you're like, Oh, I'm never, you only need to touch a hot stove once and you never touch it again because, because those fear emotions come up so strong. Uh, so the two ways are, um, uh, extreme emotion repetition. So what you want to do is get in, get yourself into a powerful state, a power emotional state. 
and then use what's called an anchor. So basically uh, I use specific body language, right? So let's go into my, uh, let's just say my charismatic state. I go into my, the body language for charisma. I start feeling that way. I play a song that triggers charisma, right? And the more, the more charismatic I start to feel, then pretty soon I'm going to set my anchor. And so for me, it's, it's peppermint oil. It's that song. It's the way I carry myself. All of those are anchors and my brain starts to link up in that emotional state. Hey, when we experience this stimulus, we want to feel charismatic. And so instantly and automatically the brain will put you into that state. So like, I just opened that peppermint. It's, it's powerful for me. Like it stirs up like this emotional wave in me because I've conditioned it. So when I want to feel gratitude, I take my lavender oil, right? And gratitude has got a whole different body language. I put my palms up, I play a certain song and it's like, ah, oh, just like, I feel this presence and gratitude, even talking about it right now. Like I start to tune myself into that state. Um, yeah, it's, it's great. And then like just being able to navigate those states and when, you know, for athletes, especially they need to have a part of them. That's that like fierce competitor. Right. And so they just condition that over and over. And so pretty soon when they show up, the brain recognizes the pattern of, Hey, this is how we show up to compete. And they have access to all of their resources. Right. As you know, you were an athlete and, and think about, you know, I used to coach, I used to watch guys in the wrestling room that were amazing. And then they would go out to compete. And they were like totally different guys. Like they accessed a different part of them because they gave that competition a different meaning. And so my job as a coach was, was to condition them to show up in those powerful states. I love that. Very cool. Well, I know we're coming up on a little bit of time here, um, a little bit of time left, but I have some questions that I'd like to ask you. I ask all of my guests on the podcast, these questions. So, um, and just to get to know you on a little bit different of a level. Sure. Um, I'm curious, what book has influenced you the most and why? So let me see if I have it here. I don't. Um, I would say there's a few, but um, probably Psycho-Cybernetics is definitely Mm. one of the top ones that I recommend. Um, It's just, it's really about how the brain works, how this, um, uh, he was a plastic surgeon and he realized that people after plastic surgery, some of them would totally change everything about themselves. And some of them would, would keep the same personality traits even after the surgery. And it was kind of why. And so like he basically discovered the identity and, and how to change our identity about things. That's a great foundation for hypnosis and personal development. Um, you know, anything by Joe Dispenza is a great read. I love, mm, love. Um, I just got a chance to interview uh, Yehuda Berg, who wrote the book Satan and Autobiography. And uh, that's like probably my number one book on spirituality. And, and basically he says that our ego uh, is the Satan or Satan translates to adversary. And so our ego is really the adversary, our, our worthy opponent that we need to overcome. And so uh, we're often taught that there's this devil that lives in hell and that's tempting us. And, and really it's our own ego that lives within us uh, that is our adversary. So those are, those are a couple of my top books. Yeah. I actually, uh, based on your recommendation, I started listening to, I didn't read, I, I didn't get the book. I have the audible, uh, to psycho cybernetics and it's been interesting. I haven't finished it yet. And then you so graciously brought, uh, the Satan yeah. um, to me. So I'm going to start that. Hopefully I, I'll have some, uh, traveling over the next couple of weeks. So hopefully I'll be able to knock that one out. So anyone that uh, is listening to this, I would highly recommend the written book of psycho cybernetics. I've gotten, you told me that I've I've gotten a ton of reviews for people who are like, they listen to it and they're like, I don't know. It's just, it's not doing it. And then they, they've read it or other people that have read it. And they're like, 
I've read every line three times and I underlined everything. And, and I think it's a different experience with that. Book. I definitely, I could see that. Which is weird. Um, Cause in the, in the audible, they like at the end of each chapter, they're like, okay, write down like, you know, certain things that maybe you take away or whatever. Yeah. So I'll definitely, I'll, I'll add it to the list if you will. Good. Um, okay. Those were good. And then obviously I love Joe Dispenza. Okay. So this is kind of fun. So if you could do anything that you wanted to tonight, money was no option, um, nor time, what would you do and why? Uh, so I know, I don't know. That's a good question. So I think I would definitely, I would definitely be traveling. Uh, I would probably be on some kind of private jet. I would probably go to some spiritual guru in India and have some kind of crazy blessing ceremony. I may go to Peru and do ayahuasca, um, pick one or two very important people to join me. Um, yeah, just enjoy, enjoy an amazing meal. And I don't know. I think those are a few things that would, would, would interest I like me. It. I love it. Okay. If you had the opportunity to meet one person that you have not met yet, who would it be and why? And then what would you talk about? So I've been really blessed to get to meet like a ton of the authors and speakers and trainers that I've wanted to. I've had a lot of my podcast. Uh, so there's like, I'm, I'm keep checking my list off. Uh, I would definitely say, I'm going to give three because I like to play by my own rules. How's that? <laughs> yes, um, I know. I'm familiar. <laughs> I would say Tony Robbins, um, just because of his breadth of experience and knowledge. And I think, I think Joe Dispenza would be up there. And then another one would be Russell Brunson. Um, mm. He's just a marketing genius. I think, I think he's the greatest salesman that's ever lived or one of them. Um, yeah. And like totally heart centered service based. Like I, just, I think those three would be great. And And I think, Talk about, you know, their keys to success, what they've learned in their lives that have allowed them to have that success. Um, even though I've studied all of their stuff, you know, over and over again, I think just being around them and being in the same brainwave space, right? Like I would go, I would go meet them, get into rapport with them. And by being in rapport with them, you share their brainwave space. So you get to like tune into their ideas almost. And that's why I spend so much time with people that I respect and look up to because I'm sharing brainwave space. Like I get ideas that come to me. And I'm like, I don't even think that's my idea. I think that was his idea. <laughs> but, but because we're in the same frequency, like it, it yeah. hits my brain. Yeah, that's powerful. It's powerful. I feel like you should do an event. I feel like you should I do an feel, event. I feel like I am already. Yeah. It's coming up. It's already happening. It's coming up. So yeah, if, if you come to my event in the future, anyone that's listening, uh, we are going to condition several different resource states into you and we're going to anchor them. So you'd be able to access those states of power, of gratitude, of joy, of love, um, like on command. And we, we train them in and you learn the body language that goes with it and, and the focus and, and anchor it to songs and smells. And yeah, so that's, what's coming up for me. I can't wait. I will definitely be there. It's going to be exciting for that. So next question. So you're stuck on a deserted Island and you can only take three things. What would they be? Um, <laughs> I think I would take a, Coast Guard rescue ship and crew. I think that would be the first one. <laughs> um, and then, okay. hey, you know what? You got to be creative sometimes. You got to think. Outside. I know. I love it. I love your creativity. You got to think outside the box. Play by your own rules. There is no box. That's right? exactly. Exactly. There's no box. Um, I'm, I realized this about myself at an event this year. I'm always looking for angles. I'm always looking like I'm always asking the question, like, how can I see this differently? And so. Um, for that question, it's like, well, I could take a cell phone and a knife and a fishing rod, or I could just take a, a Coast Guard rescue boat and I, I'd be good. And I wouldn't even need anything else. 
Um, I might take a tent and someone I love and spend the night there before I get rescued. But I think, yeah, those are, that's my answer. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. Um, that's awesome. Okay. And last question. Um, when and where were you the happiest in your life? I think there was a couple times, um, when I really reached that peak and a few of them were in, uh, different types of ceremonies. We'll just call them meditation ceremonies. Um, a few of them were, um, at, at specific events, you know, even like, a like a few of them were at Tony's events. Uh, one of my mentors, Rock Thomas, sometimes at his events where I'm speaking, I'm contributing, I'm learning. Um, I just, I love being in the personal development space. So anytime I get to teach and learn, uh, I just, I feel happy. I feel free. And, and I know that's, that's why I'm on the right path. That's awesome. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time today and being on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, your presence is incredibly powerful and I know that this is going to resonate with a lot of people. So, um, one last question, yeah. where can people find you? So I have a podcast. It's called the Spone trained personal development podcast. And that's S P O H N. Uh, and my website is Spone trained. My Facebook group is Spone trained. My Instagram is Spone trained. Uh, so I'm pretty much Spone trained everywhere. You're very branded. Yes. Thank you. Um, so if you go to spontrain.com, you'll see all my courses. Um, and I have a, a package special going on right now for all the language hacks course courses, body language and NLP. So you will be a master of influence in no time. Uh, and yeah, I got new podcast episodes coming out all the time. And I think you and I are going to record ours very soon. So that'll be coming yes. out and it's going to be on a little different topic than this one. So something to look yes, forward to. Yes, it will be. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Okay. One last question. I totally lied. Um, if there's one piece of advice that you would give folks listening today, like what would it be? So there's one secret to life. Are you ready? I'm ready. It's to be present and to be filled with love. Mm. And that's it. There's nothing else. I love that. That's it. That makes my heart smile. Yeah. That's we, awesome. I, you know, and even I'm like, I'm so guilty of complicating it with like, oh, but I can get someone with this language pattern and with this body language trick and with this way of getting a report. But if you're present and full of love, like all the other rapport building stuff, you don't even need it. Just goes away. Doesn't matter. It means nothing. Um, yeah. And if you do all that stuff and you, you're not present and we're filled with love, it's worthless. Um, love your neighbor as yourself, right? So that's, that's the secret to life. That's it. I love it. Well, thank you again for being on the show today. I really appreciate you. And I cannot wait to have you back. I can't wait to be back. Thanks again for having me. Thank you from my everything for being here today. Your time is valuable. And I'm so beyond grateful that you were here with us for today's episode. Please subscribe so that you get updates on all the latest episodes, as well as hear about all the incredible upcoming guests we have lined up. Also, would absolutely love for you to leave a review and let me know your thoughts, your feedback, your biggest takeaways, etc. Reviews help me and my growing team serve you even more. As always, sending you a big hug, love, energy, and an abundance of light.